Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, ladies. We are so excited today about today's podcast. We have a very special guest. Dr. Julie Hanks today speaking with us, and you will be delighted with this conversation. Yeah, we, uh, I reached out to Julie because Julie has such a great gift of tackling some of the harder issues in the gospel and framing them in ways that we understand as, especially as women, and that we can kind of get our heads around and then work through them on our own. Cause they're, you know, we each have our own um, challenges that we face and roadblocks to those challenges, whether they're mental or cultural or whatever. Julie's so good at that. So um, we're going to talk to Julie about some of the very, she's so good. We are giving her the very hardest of all. <laughs> but Julie, I don't know if I should say thank you or. Why don't you introduce yourself just in case people are not familiar with you, which if they aren't, they've been living with you. Who are you? Yeah. And tell us how you you got to be Dr. Julie Hanks doing kind of work, focusing on women. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Where do I start? Um, I noticed gender inequality pretty, when I was pretty young uh, in the church, I noticed gender inequality in my parents' relationship. And I always knew that was not God's way, heavenly parents' way, their partners. Um, so, so there's that. So I kind of always had that, you know, at least since early teens. Um, I I started writing songs in my teenage years too. So I'm also a performing songwriter, done a bunch of albums and things like that. Um, I also went to school, um, got my bachelor's in psychology master's in social work and PhD in marriage and family therapy. And I did that while having kids and while doing music. So I kind of you learned like to be busy. <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I so I've been doing, no, that's fascinating. I've been doing yeah. all of it the whole time. So I've been married cool. 32 years. I've been a performing songwriter for 35 years, therapist for almost 30. So um, wow. I've been doing stuff, what I've been doing for a long time. Um, yeah, so I got married young, had two kids uh, during my undergrad and grad school, and then waited uh, nine years and then had two more. Um, started a practice after I had my third child, Wasatch Family Therapy in Utah. And we have, uh, we're opening our fourth clinic next month. Wow, Um, fabulous. Yeah. And about around 13 years ago, I had this really strong impression that I needed to get media and social media skills. So I just put it out there. I got on Facebook and that's all that was there at that time. Right. 
sites, lots of different options. Um, And then started doing media interviews. And uh, so I've, I've, um, yeah, I've done a lot of media writing, published a couple of books. Uh, But women's issues have always been really close to my heart. And I I think it's a lot of it's because of the inequality that I saw in my parents' relationship. Mm. And I knew that I didn't want that for myself, but I didn't see any other models of how to do it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 I, I love that the Lord made you aware of that so early because obviously that was something that um, was part of your mission here on earth, right? Like, yeah, I think the Lord makes us aware of things that mm-hmm. He wants us to do. Um, and since you've been doing it for so long, like how have you seen the conversation change from even from your practice for women in the church? I think there's more of an awareness about the problems with women and with LGBTQ people and with people of color. There's just more awareness now uh, that that things need to change. Yeah. Right. So see, that really is the first step for change is awareness when you say right. Like right. this is not, we're not doing the best we can do here. Let, right. What can we do better? That's such a great way yeah. to phrase it because then nobody's on edge. Like we're, I'm doing it wrong. It's just, we can do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. What we're doing in these, in these arenas, in these different yeah. parts of the gospel. And my, my license is as a clinical social worker. So as a social worker, a big part of that is advocacy, and um, I I do that through social media and media, and it, particularly advocating for people who are disadvantaged, which women, LGBTQ people, people of color. I so yeah. so that's so I landed here. That's how I landed here today. I love <laughs> it. Well, I've been following you for a long time and love your message just really resonates in my heart. And I have to say, when women show up for a conversation, the conversation generally will change. Mm-hmm. And I, I worked in different companies with men all the time. And it's a remarkable when you get a, a few women in the room, the conversation changes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's great. I mean, I think President Nelson's talk, a plea to the, to the sister, to my sisters is really a groundbreaking talk about like, we need women's voices, but mm-hmm. to get the women's voices heard, they need to have the confidence, right? And to be parent, to be right. mothers who yeah. let our voices be heard, especially you know in our situation, mothers of LGBTQ children, who we understand differently than maybe the cultural, like stereotypes of LGBTQ mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. so we want to empower our parents, our mothers to be strong in their voice and what they're learning about their like sacred little babies who are growing up. Okay. Yeah. So gender. So, so yeah. where you come in, so you can solve all the right. problems. And so it'd be great. Right. We're going to throw some hard questions out at you because, you know, um, we run, you know, two support groups for LGBTQ moms where we all come together. And mm-hmm. these are some of the common pain points that we have heard over and over again that moms of LGBTQ um, children have come against. And they're tricky situations. Um, so, Allison, do you want to throw the first one out? Yep. Okay, you're ready? So I'm ready. Um, okay. So surviving this space, there's often, you'll often hear people say, I was pulled between my child and my faith. 
which seems silly, but it's a very real mm-hmm. um, problem. And it and the child's going to feel the same thing, right? My sexual identity versus my faith. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned is that it requires moving into out of black and white thinking into the gray area or and the gray area has got like some kind of, you know, negative connotations. So, I, you know, the in between. Mm-hmm. in between the black and white or as one mother in our one of our support groups said like the wilderness she feels mm-hmm. like she's in the wilderness trying to figure this out so the trying in- to find that daily nana yeah exactly right. so yeah. how how did how do parent how do how do mothers particularly because that's really who we're speaking to both of us um how do they navigate and how do they get themselves in comfortable in that uncomfortable middle in between space. Yeah. You, you know, it, I don't know that the goal is to get comfortable. <laughs> oh, it's, good point. it's to practice holding contradiction Ooh. to practice holding paradox, to practice holding things that don't fit together. And I think it takes practice. And so it's, it might be tolerating the discomfort, not alleviating the discomfort because until things change, so, so the church and LGBTQ people can really (laughs) work together, you know, come together, there's going to be this tension of, ah, this doesn't, you know, where do I put these two things that don't seem to come together? So it's, it's learning how to hold space for things that don't fit together. I love that. I love like, like, what do they make the discomfort mean? Because a lot of moms make the discomfort mean they're losing their testimony. They're not doing it with God, but really it is the opposite. Like their discomfort is growth with God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I really love that of like learning to be being comfortable with the discomfort. Practicing it. Yeah, because I'll tell you, I've been doing this um, for 30 years, and I still get shoved into uncomfortable. You know, I can go for a month or two being just so comfortable. Everything's, you know, I've got this all, you know, it's all going to be great. And then I get shoved into uncomfortable spaces again, and I've got to, like, get myself back out. And it is it is kind of a lifelong, so far, it's been a lifelong experience. Yeah, and discomfort accompanies growth. Mm, Yeah. And so it means you're growing. It means you're being challenged to think in new ways, to feel new things, to expand. And isn't that the point of why we're here is to grow. It's not to be comfortable. It's to grow. (laughs) Dang it. I know. know. Don't you you wish it felt better? (laughs) (laughs) If the process felt better. Yeah, because I said that to Alice and I said, I think like discomfort is like a lifelong journey. I think like it is, if you're not feeling discomfortable about something, then you are not challenged. You're not bringing something to God, right? You're not working on something with God. So I love, yeah, growing your, your ability to be discomfort, I think is really like, how do you practice this though? Like, let's talk more like what that looks like. That looks like. Um, me acknowledging that I don't know Mm. and that I might have things wrong and that, um, 
that that's okay, that my worth is not in question. Like no one's worth is in question here. <laughs> right. Love that. Right. Mm. And so I, th- that's kind of how I think about it. Like, I don't know my worth and your worth are not in question. And, yeah. and how can I be more loving? Like, how can this teach me how to be more loving? Right. Oh, that's good. Because that's that is. the end goal, isn't it? Yes. For, yeah. I mean, it, it is for me. Yeah. It doesn't have to be everybody's, but that is, and I assume yeah. that is for you too. Well, yeah, and because I think at, like discomfort, like it grows our ability to love. It's exactly right. what you said. Like it, it increases our capability to love ourselves and love others. I think that's really good. Yeah. And I found that the more I lean into the uncomfortableness of whatever I'm learning, you know, particularly this, L- you know, LGBTQ position mm-hmm. in the church and whatnot, it makes me um, more accepting of other people, which in turn makes me more accepting of myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not only do I like love yeah. people more, but I really love myself more. Like I am much easier mm-hmm. on myself than I used to be as, you know, yeah. I wish I would have known all this when I started parenting, because I would have been way more chill. <laughs> but you can't, right? right? You can't learn it because you learned it through parenting and through life experience. Right. So that is a horrible, that's how you, you earned it. You earned it. (laughs) You earned that discomfort. Yes. I love that. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. Number two. So this is a really tricky one. Sometimes children uh, and adult children will give parents an ultimatum or they'll make them um, uncomfortable. you know, I have a, a mom who told me this great story. They were having a big party for their daughter at an aunt's house, but they were worried that the daughter would show up in inappropriate clothing, like really inappropriate, not just mm-hmm. otherwise. But they knew that if they started, they said anything to the daughter, she would feel like, oh, you know, you've you've tied into them. Well, you have a problem with me being gay. So being gay, right? And gotcha. so. They didn't say anything and she showed up in like a see-through shirt, which I think maybe made grandmother uncomfortable. And, you know, so, so how do we, how do we allow, um, how do we work with our children when they are kind of giving that ultimate, well, you're, you're, it's because I'm gay or it's because I'm trans or, you know, when you don't have like that fluid, good uh, relationship yet, and you're kind of you hurting each other that way. How do we do that? And it goes both ways, frankly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you listen mm-hmm. more than you talk. I mean, both if if both, you know, it, it get curious about the other person's experience. So if you know the the mom said, you know, what tell me what what when I mention your clothing, tell me what comes up for you. What does that feel like for you? What you know. And just ask questions, get curious. That curiosity is, don't lecture, you know, our our kids already know what we're going to say before we say it. We don't have to say it anymore. (laughs) Just listen, validate the emotion. You don't. And, and recognize you can validate emotion. If you don't agree with the facts, you can still validate emotion. Give us, give us an example of that. How would that sound? 
Um, let's see. Okay, well, what's a common disagreement? Um, um, well, a big one is like, stop going, stop paying tithing or stop going to this church that doesn't support me. Mm, okay. So then if you were my, Jenny, if you were my child, I would say, mm-hmm. what's that like for you to know that I pay tithing to a church that makes it so you don't feel safe? Mm, that's a good question. And it's hard not to get defensive, like, right? Well, the church right. does good right. things and they... If you can disagree on the facts, but you validate the feeling, they would probably say it's, you know, it feels like a betrayal, uh, you know, and help them say happy, mad, sad, scared, surprised, disgust, Uh like a a feeling word, like I feel sad, I feel scared um, that you will choose the church over me, I feel angry, I, so talk about emotions why? Why, um, why pull those emotions yeah. out, those feeling words out? Because that's where connection happens. It doesn't happen when you're fighting about facts. Okay, good. And, and you can't argue with feelings because they're experiences that are unique to an individual. You can't say, no, you don't feel that way. I mean, right. you can invalidate it, but, but you know. But, but say, yeah, say my son says it makes me so angry. And then what do I do as the you mom say, to say Yeah, I hear you that me paying tithing to a church that uh, doesn't provide equal opportunity for you makes you really, really angry. I I hear that. And then you just leave it at that? Yep. Okay. Okay. I like that. Because I think then parents, yeah, they try to like um, justify why. Defend, justify. You don't have to. I like that. But really, we're t- we're telling the parents to listen, validate, and don't defend. Yeah, exactly. Right there. I and it's hard because, uh, you know, notice yourself when your kids say things, how much you want to like defend mm-hmm. anything. Like that's the first, that's the first reaction. Yeah. So this, it's, this it's, brings it's, us again, getting used to being uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> yes, I'm already sure. thinking about these things again are, uh, is uncomfortable. Okay. So that that is a like a softball to the next one so um often we we um we give people in this situation children and parents give an ultimatum either you leave the church or we're not going to have a relationship or either mm-hmm. you forego your you know i mean i have a a, a girl who said her dad's like you need to give up this same sex attraction for you know this is ruining our family or you know there it goes both ways it's it's mm-hmm. done on both sides how as an individual because that's how, how do you solve that that's not fair first of all to be mm-hmm. <laughs> to be it's it's it definitely um is putting someone in a, a terrible space it's a terrible uh practice. So how do we, how do we come out of that? How do we work through that? So if you're the person giving the ultimatum, be sure you're going to be okay with either decision that they make. (laughs) Because sometimes we give an ultimatum, you know, hoping for one, but it could be the other decision that's made. Mm -hmm. They may choose, you know, the thing that's not you. Um, If you're the one receiving it, 
you have to make you don't have to make but you you're being put in a position to make a very difficult choice most likely Mm -hmm. and if that person is very firm about that boundary you're going to have to make a choice or they're going to have to make a choice to cut you out I mean I would never say well I'm not going to talk to you again (laughs) but you may say say you know, if you, your um, LGBTQ child says you stop paying tithing to this church that hurt, has hurt me, or I will never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. Or you have to leave the church because, yeah. Or you have to leave the church. If you choose yeah. to stay, you can still talk to them. They may have, they may choose to cut you off because they feel like you've chosen. I mean, you can refuse like that situation, right. but they can still cut you off. So you have a very hard decision to make in a lot of these situations and you, you have to make hard decisions. Yeah. I was actually given an ultimatum. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was, um, we can't be in a relationship unless you vote for, um, gay marriage or vote against marriages between a man and a woman. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I, I chose, well, I was going to vote for gay marriage anyway. So I was able to say this is, you know, I'm voting to support gay marriage and to, to not support marriages just between a man and a woman. Um, So that worked out because, because it, I, I chose the thing that allowed me to preserve the relationship, but I was going to choose that anyway. So it's not really a good example. It's one that goes well, you know, what advice would you give to these parents where they want to stay in the church, but they also totally want to be in their child's life and support the child? So I, I would share my feelings. So I would say to the child or adult child, you're putting me in a really, really difficult situation and asking me to choose between two things I love. Mm-hmm. And I want you to see that you're creating that paradigm. Mm that I have to choose one or the other. So you're, you're creating that. I get why you're like, I get there's pain. I like, I see where you're coming from, but I don't see things that way. Right. Here's how I see things. I'm making room for both in my life. And, you know, that child may cut you out or you may choose to leave the church to make you. So you just have hard decisions to make yeah. Hard decisions. Yeah, there's yeah. no right answer. And um, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say my brother gave me the ultimatum one day mm-hmm. of of him or the church after uh, the 2015 baptism policy. Mm-hmm. And it it was brutal, actually. Mm-hmm. And. Well, I would never choose either. I mean, I would never mm-hmm. give away either, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In his mind, I needed to, and for his safety, you know, and I understand that his, he never, I told him that I, this is how I know God. And, you know, he didn't understand that I had a child who I thought was gay. And, mm. right? but I did say to him, I feel like I need to stay in. And interestingly enough, four years later, here I am, but in, stay in mm-hmm. and, help people understand what I know about being gay through you. And, um, mm-hmm. but he, he couldn't, and we never spoke together to each other again. Mm-hmm. Ever. 
It's so and painful. It's so painful. And I, I do think that giving that ultimatum to our family, which he did, even though half the family is not in the church any longer, I, anyway, made him feel more on the outside than he than he ever than he was mm-hmm. yeah can you still like if your child does that kind of go from the stance of like well you can't stop me from loving you like you get to choose, like you get to decide but I'm gonna still do what my heart thinks and also show up in your life as much as you will let me to be right. the parent right can you kind of take it from that stance is that a healthy way like of yeah it? yeah that's that's great so you're kind of saying I'm I'm refusing the way you're framing this Mm, I like it. And it goes with parent. Parents do that too, right? Like, oh, you know, yeah. this is just a phase. You're going to grow out of it or you're going to, yeah. you know, you, you choose. You've chosen this. If you, right. <laughs> if you choose to be gay, then we can't have a relationship or you can't come to family dinners or so right. it goes both ways. And the, the LGBTQ child or adult child can refuse that frame, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, no. Well, I didn't choose this. Yep. Right. And and I I'm always a part of the family. So you can set boundaries around your house. You get to do that, but like I, I I'm gonna still consider myself part of the family and participate as much as I can. I love that. I you know, Jenny and I talk about this a lot. We will always have bigots in this world, sadly. So mm-hmm. empowering your children to, um, to like working through, like grandma says that to you, right? Let's say you're supporting your child, but grandma or uncle Bob or whatever, your neighbor is saying this to this child. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause you're giving this child a framework. You're practicing with this child. Hey, what if somebody says this to you? What do you say? And they can say, mm-hmm. grandma, I'm always going to love you. You know, I love that because even if it's not us that the ultimatum is coming from or to, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. I love working with parents. We need to train our children to refuse the message that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not whole the way they are. We have, as mothers, we have to train our children to refuse that message. And, and right. yeah, feel, you know, confidence in self. Yeah. 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 Good. So good. Thanks. That was right. a fun. That one's a, that one's painful. It is. It is the so- other part yeah. we, get, we get a lot is when like, um, as parents, you're parenting and you're not on the same page. Like, mm. um, one really is having a hard time with, um, your child coming out or telling relatives or one is being less supportive. Like how, what advice would you give to the mom and dads? who are not on the same page of parenting an LGBTQ child. Join a support group. Yeah. Where there are people on a bunch on all different pages. Mm. And this is a process for everyone. I mean, it's just, it's a process. And some people are at different points on the journey. And I think talking to other people who are on the journey at various places just opens up more possibilities. So start talking with other families who are in similar situations and learn from them. Um, I think you have to, you don't have to, but it's helpful to hold space for your partner who is not in the same place as you. Um, what does that look to like? Rec- it, well, it's acknowledging 
that they're different, that their process is different, their grieving is different, mm. and that they aren't going to mirror you. They're not going to mirror your process. And that's okay. They might be angry and you're not angry. They might be more sad and you're not, you know, whatever. It's not going to mirror your process. It'll be probably at different stages and to hold space for that, allow them to express where they are and validate that. Ask for them to validate where you are as much as they can. Um, but it that's that's tough, especially if they want different rules. Yeah. Right. When you're talking about practical things, it gets really hard. So where do you that do if you disagree on rules? That's a that is a so, yeah. So let's get specific. Mm-hmm. So what are some yeah. rules? Yeah. That- so let's say um, one says it's okay for my child to date and the other one says, no, they're not dating another, you know, like no LGBTQ dating in high school, but mm-hmm. one parent thinks it's totally fine. Yeah. I think you go to couples therapy. Yeah. Good point. Because yeah. whenever you're gridlocked like that on something that's that a decision needs to be made for your child's development, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think you can just say, well, we agree to disagree because you have to have some expectation. The child needs some expectation. So get professional help. I love that. Yeah. It's so funny. You said the support groups, because you know how we run two two, two to three a month for the moms of LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. And we have the exact scenario where the daughter had come out to the mom and said, don't tell dad. Right. And then she had this real problem with that because she tells her husband everything, but she was able to bring it up and we were able to hold space. And these other moms told them their experience with that and how that went. And that gave her enough courage to then move it forward and not just stay stuck in that situation. And, and, and frighten the what ifs. Right. right. And it turned out great. (laughs) And the dad was like, good. Good. It was a happy ending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There is like, cause I was thinking even like, um, sometimes, you know, I'm sure you get the scenario where you'll say go to couples therapy. And then one of the spouse doesn't even want to go to couples therapy, right? They refuse to go. And then that's saying a whole lot other issues that's going on with the marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is just right. a, a fruit of what's wrong. But I think like you as a LGBTQ parent needs to find a place where it's a safe space to process these questions, whether it's with your spouse or a support group or a therapist, because mm-hmm. if not, then you are not going to be parenting from your highest self to this child. Right. 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 So, yeah. Agree with that. Yeah. I wish there were like easy answers, but these are really difficult, complex questions and you're dealing with human beings. And um, I, th- I think the, the key is to always maintain relationship with your LGBTQ child. So they come to you. Um, the relationship is what matters, right? Not being right, not being, you know, um, in control. It's the connection that matters. Yeah. And generally we're talking about teenagers or older and they Mm -hmm. are going to do what they're going to do. So we, right. <laughs> right? I mean, we've all, we're all yeah. about the same age. Right. We've all raised a bunch oh, yeah. of teenagers and they do. You can't control the teenagers. Know? 
Yeah, you're lucky. To yeah, get they're going to do it behind your back. So yeah. you oh, might yeah. want to just, you know, right? And it might so want to just say, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, just be safe. You know what I mean? I mean, we yeah. want Jenny and I talk, have been talking a lot about like um, just finding a safe space for our LGBTQ children to grow up in a healthy, typical way and how to kind of grow that within a family, even if it doesn't look like other people might think it should look like because you have mm-hmm. a, a gay child. We, uh, I particularly think it's very much uh, same rules as always. <laughs> like just because you're gay doesn't mean that any of the rules change. They're all the same. And now, mm-hmm. you know, and and now you will be marrying a man instead of a woman, right? Like it's very yeah. simple that way. And that kind of gets us out of a lot of, uh, Jenny and I were talking about this. It gets us out of a lot of how do we deal with it? It's like same rules as always, same mm-hmm. deal as always. And, and that, uh, that's worked for us. It doesn't, it's not going to mm-hmm. work for everybody. That's what felt like, right. As my husband and I kind of dug into this and we came from different places for sure. Um, yeah. cause I was raised with a gay brother and he was raised with six brothers and none of them were gay. And so his mm-hmm. whole deal was a lot different than mine. Um, but yeah, so that was our way, but just coming together as parents, like, how do we see the best, healthiest way forward for this child? What's the healthiest way? Yeah. And that's my next question, Julie, is like, what, because I'm sure you have, um, counseled a lot on this, like, how do you see is the healthiest way for these LDS parents to move forward and to keep that connection? And um, especially children. if they're getting pushed back. Yeah, and their child, if they're getting pushed back from their ward or their family, like yeah. the connection is key. So what advice would you give to parents on how to, you know, survive um, spiritually and also stay connected to their child? So a big key is to really take ownership of your own spiritual connection with heavenly parents. Love it. And see that as separate from your relationship with the church. I like that. Yeah. And so we, we often collapse. I mean, they're related, but they're not the same. (laughs) You, you can be connected to deity without organized religion and you can be an organized religion and have no connection to deity. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So it can help to separate those things out and really seek personal revelation because that is customized to you and your child and your family. Absolutely. And there are not rules in the church that are, you know, <laughs> that there are a lot of things in the church that may not fit. Yeah. We and that may not there's apply. Not right. There's not a lot of handbook for LGBTQ parents. Yeah. And the, I mean, but the Lord, I mean, we, Jenny and I find as we talk to these women and men and children, like we find like almost without fail, the Lord really does teach. And then it's just, if you can absorb that and let, like you said, separate what you've learned from that and so that you can absorb it well and then you can go back to the relig- to the church part of it and, mm-hmm. and figure that piece out after you've really absorbed what the lord needs you to do and that that's a great way just separate that you don't throw anything away right but separate it out mm-hmm. and then 
really focus on that personal revelation. And then another suggestion is to give up certainty for faith. What? No. (laughs) And focus on faith. So it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know this church is true. It's okay to have faith. It's okay to believe. It's okay to hope. Um, it, we don't know as much as we think we know. Mm, true. And so really embracing that, <laughs> there's very little that's certain. But don't you feel like, like, as I have embraced that, like for myself, I have felt my confidence in God actually grow where it's like this, this pressure, like, cause I don't know why we believe we have to be certain. Like, you know, I, I, God's always just told us to do it by faith and to follow and to come to him. And so like, for me, like a pressure came off my shoulders and it was so much easier to parent my child from that space of like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, like I got faith in the knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the goodness of God. Right. And more focus on the goodness of God versus like the nuts and bolts of how it's going to work out. Right. And, you know, that created such a safer place for me to have him challenge things than he, you know, that normally that would make me fearful of what Mm -hmm. he's doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's easier for me to find God in that place is what I'm saying. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. Totally agree. And it seems that certainty isn't a good place to be teachable. Because if I well, it's prideful. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of, isn't it? And it and it keeps you from like really learning, because you're like, well, I already know. Yeah. And Jesus Christ did not teach certainty; he taught faith. Yeah. The the first principle and ordinances of the gospel are first faith, right? Right. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it it's. And faith is is the antidote for fear. Mm-hmm. There, there can be so much fear in not knowing. Yes. But when you when you substitute that that fear for with faith, you kind of kill two birds, like the certainty and the fear. You know? oh, and you, and you hold on to faith. I hope. I believe. Um, I have faith in. And then it becomes about, about love. Like, how can I convey the love of Jesus Christ to every human being that I encounter, including my child, including my spouse who is not on the same page, including the, you know, grandma or bishop who doesn't understand or. Well, and, and I love when you were saying, I have hope, I have faith. um, I had a, a, a text from someone this morning who said that they had reached out to their bishop with this 10 steps of how to talk to your bishop that we had just published. Mm -hmm. And he came back at her with all the doctrine against her child. And what a, what an easy thing to go back and just say, you know, well, the doctrine never changes, he said, and what an easy thing to go back and just said, I have faith. The, uh, your beliefs, like for me, I have faith that the Lord has already figured this out. And that we just don't understand it yet. You know, right. how, how what a easy way to be able to go to someone that says, because people will say things as an LGBTQ parent or individual, you hear that mm-hmm. like a lot. The doctrine never changes. Really? 
Yeah. The core <laughs> doctrine of Jesus Christ doesn't, but everything else does. Well, and but has. Us, we're always <laughs> trying to figure out what it was that he was, you know, yeah. it changes all the yeah. time. Yes. And, and I, but I feel like when we argue that we yes. lose, we lose the connection. Right. Know, like when we, it's right? about being certain and being right instead of connection and empathy and love. But yeah. I have faith that this will work out. Does not preclude anybody from believing whatever they say they're just, I just have faith as a mother mm-hmm. this is going to work out yeah. so right. well and, yeah. you, and, and, yeah. and giving tolerance to the bishop to believe what he wants to believe I think sure. it's a really important part of that right to like yeah. you wish he agreed with you it'd feel better but like he doesn't have to agree with you for you to hold on to that faith and that hope right and right. and too much contention between you is going to be hard to figure out mm-hmm. you know it's going to be hard for you to move forward with him in a if you've way. sorted out and separated out your relationship with the church and your relationship with deity then your relationship with deity isn't threatened by the bishop who's ignorant or right, right <laughs> it's right. like it, it it's a separate thing so well, yeah good i love that. that i was thinking how easy it is to sit in gospel doctrine for me and people say things and i'll say something but like, I don't have to sit there and argue with them. I don't feel like it affects me. I'm just like, isn't that interesting that they think that? And like, they're, they're still think that. Like, and it's it's so, because I think I've been able to separate that. But yeah. like, what advice would you give to our moms who are trying to do that? Because what does that look like for them? So trying to do what, separate that out? Yeah. yeah. Trying is to like, like a physical list? Is it? Yeah, like- Ooh. How would you, because for me, yeah. it, was really, it was growing myself up and hearing him and hearing my own inspiration, right? And and gaining like my own strength of um, my relationship with Heavenly Father, like seeing him, like asking him about me, making it personal. That's mm-hmm. kind of what separated it from me where like, like, yeah. Instead of mediated by a church leader. Yes. 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 It's direct. Right. I'm not the wife. I'm not the daughter. I'm not the sister, but I'm his daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. And going directly what he felt about me and, Mm -hmm. and building that relationship that kind of was able to give me that, that strength and that confidence. But what, what, what do you think how it looks like for other women to do? Well, I, Jenny, I agree with what you just said is, is you do the things that bring you closer to heavenly parents and you, yeah what are, what is that for you and then how how does the spirit speak to you how do you get personal revelation i've just in my personal life i've noticed very specific patterns mm-hmm. of how i receive personal revelation and that's taken a lot of thought and pondering and recognizing, oh, I think that's what this is. So going directly to the source and then recognizing how, how deity speaks to you. I think those are two of the keys. I do. I love how you mentioned patterns because I really, I really have a testimony that the Lord teaches us in patterns Mm -hmm. and it is the fruits kind of, like you said, the fruits of the spirit. If you're feeling those feelings of love, hope of, of the things you're doing and goodness, then you know 
that is part of you hearing him, like mm-hmm. feeling those effects of the fruits of the spirit. I love that. And it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, the pattern is different. He teaches us in our own language. Yeah. And yeah. another suggestion that I have in addition to going to directly to the source and listening to personal revelation and how the spirit speaks to you, pray for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Because then you can have love for the church leaders who don't understand and think they understand or for, you know, for your LGBTQ child, for their partner, for your, you know, if you pray for that, that love that just is a, you know, a gift that, that we can pray for it, ask for it. I love that. Ask in my, ask darkest, for that love. in my darkest moments through this journey, that, that was my prayer. Like, I could barely pray, right? I'm you're just there's times when you're just so broken. And it was just like, please do not let my heart go hard. Cause mm-hmm. your heart really turns hard against some people. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. that's helpful. Um yeah. that's it. That love, like please just let me still love people who are hurting my yeah. family or ideas or whatever that are hurting. Yeah, or, yeah. Child, you know, whatever. I love that. One of, uh, yeah. one of my one of my song lyrics is um, end of a chorus, chorus fill me with light, light and love. Oh, yeah. Fill me with light and love. What's yeah. the song name? It's called I Don't Know. Oh, there we go. That's perfect, right? <laughs> we can yeah, put that on a loop. Yeah, that's yeah. full circle. <laughs> exactly. So good. Okay, I have 800 more questions, but I... In, um, because we probably should wrap it up. The last question I have for you is what does it mean to lift for you when we say uh, lift and love? To see every human being as a divine child of heavenly parents and to be able to see and, and know their value. Mm. Wow. Perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and love that because I actually pray for that sometimes to see other people as God sees them. And that changes me. I, that's mm-hmm. so good. Oh, thank you. So good. Thank you. I know you've that's done right. so much work around this. And, and as we all have, we come to these experiences through a fair amount of hard learning. Right. So I just, yeah. So appreciate what you bring to the women in the church and um, to the people that you teach. You are you are strength, and I love strong women to lean into. So <laughs> yes. Thank you. I think yes, God loves strong women. And Julie, if people want to follow you, tell us your Instagram, and if they want to counsel with you in Utah, tell us how they can find you. Yeah. So at Dr. Julie Hanks, Dr. Julie Hanks on social media, uh, drjuliehanks.com. Uh, is my website or wasatchfamilytherapy.com for therapy in Utah. And then I have my own podcast, Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, wherever podcasts are, wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm there. Highly recommend you guys follow her on Instagram. She puts so much wisdom up there that you're like reading your, her post. You're like, yes, amen. Like, it's, <laughs> Thank you. you and you're like, that. I wish I would have said it that easy, that simply. Yeah. So. Thank you so much Thank you. for taking the time and being with us. Yes. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.